I believe he might actually be on the line here at the moment. We'll just check in to see if he is the one of the star opening batsmen for the Sutherland District Cricket Club. I am talking about the one and only Jared Biviano. Jared, good evening and welcome to the bench. How are you guys? Very, very good here. And um, want to kick things off with talking about the um, the National Premier T20 Championship, which, of course, you were over uh, at representing one of the two teams from New South Wales. And what a, what a special way to start start the competition with your match against Tuggeranong. For those of you who don't know, um, Sutherland sent in to bat um, first off. Uh, well, sorry, the Tuggeranong Vikings sent in um, batting first, 7 for 156. And... In reply, well, Jared, you almost did it all yourself. 103 not out of 51. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was due as well. I mean, I hadn't, I don't think I'd scored anything over about 10 runs for the last seven or eight rounds. So um, I've been pr- working pretty hard at training and that kind of thing, and almost concentrating. I reckon too hard in the, in the two day matches and one day matches we've been having, and it was almost good to just um, have a bit of a bit less pressure, I, I suppose, on you in a 2020 match, and just kind of let you play your natural game and. Um, yeah, luckily for me, it, it, it paid off, and I was able to help the boys um, help the boys get home and win our first match. And Sutherland were uh, were quite competitive throughout the rest of the competition. An easy win over the City Cyclones, and unfortunately, falling at the semi final to the eventual champions in the Carlton Blues. Who it has to be said, they've got a very dangerous lineup. Yeah, they sure do. I mean, they're led by Evan Golvis, who's obviously a, um, a Melbourne star player, um, and. Unfortunately for us, and fortunate enough for them, he, he ended up scoring 100 as well against us, and it just seemed to he just seemed to be hitting them wherever he wanted to. Um, and yeah, it was pretty pretty upsetting for our bowls, I suppose. We didn't do a whole lot wrong, but they were just too good um, overall as well. I mean, their bowls were quite strong too, and yeah, it was just just not our day. Now, just a quick thing about it. Of course, it's a brand new competition. Not many people would have known about it, but this year, a new initiative from Cricket Australia, sending the best of the best from Premier Cricket all over Australia in their respective T20 competitions. What was it like uh, being in an environment like this with teams all over Australia? Yeah, as you said, like it was, it was, it was incredible. I think um, to be able to obviously go away, um, firstly travel as a team is something that probably a few of our players haven't done. Um, and to just get a bit of a reward for doing well in our own competition was 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 definitely such an awesome experience. And I mean, like playing against teams that you've really never seen before. I mean, you, you see a few of the guys, like Evan Golbus, for instance, play on telly. Um, but you're playing against guys you know nothing about, and they know nothing about you. So it's definitely a new, a, a different concept. But yeah, I, I have nothing but praise for for the organisation that that um that put that together because it was a really well run um, competition. Great facilities. Um, yeah, can't fault it. Hopefully we'll be seeing you back there again this year. Of course, that's off the back of Sutherland winning the T20 Championship and with a well, what was effectively a star-studded lineup throughout the competition involving at certain points the likes of Shane Watson, Steve Smith, Ben Dwarshus, and then the young guns involving yourself, Aidan Barriol, and Austin War. Really a well-rounded lineup. Absolutely. I mean, we had Dan Ballins as well, who's, um, recently secured himself a New South Wales contract and heavily involved there. So um, he was probably, I'd say, throughout the competition, the pick with the ball. Um, I think he averaged between two and three wickets a game from his four overs. So, um, yeah, look, we definitely weren't short on numbers or experience when it came to 2020 cricket. And um, and I think that's probably what got us there. But in saying that, there were, there were a lot... Everyone played their part at some point or another. So it wasn't as though... Um, 
you know, on paper it might have looked to some other people as though it was, you know, a Shane Watson and a Steve Smith-led show. But, um, you know, throughout the competition, everyone played their role, whether it was, you know, a 30 off, you know, 12 balls or something like that that just got us over the line or, you know, a tight four overs for not many runs. Um, Yeah, everyone played their part and it was just, Really, a fantastic team effort throughout the competition. Well, one of the one of the more vivid memories I've got of that competition was uh, was our call of your match against Sydney at um, at Dromoyne Oval, that epic epic semi final. Um, and certainly, everyone was talking about Steve Smith's brilliant innings in there, but no one mentions the the start that uh, that Sutherland got off to, and the man you call Zeus, Peter Sarukas, absolutely teeing off on Nick Bills at the start. Yeah, I mean, wasn't that something good to watch? I mean, he's, he's... He's not your typical-looking cricketer, um, but God, he's just—he's full of natural talent, and obviously he's quite a strong, quite a strong fella. So, um, yeah, I mean, again, it was—we had—I think we had another game that was a bit like that throughout the competition, and it's almost funny. Like sometimes chasing a higher total is a bit easier than chasing a lower one because you have one mentality, and there's no there's no second guessing anything. It's just go hard from ball one and back your instincts. Whereas if you're chasing a score like a hundred. You always think, oh, look, we can't, like, let's not lose a wicket. Let's just make sure we get these runs and, you know, not lose any wickets. And when that negativity creeps in, it, it sometimes can be a bit overwhelming. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was an incredible win. And I'd say that we the odds were against the set from the start. But, um, yeah, to be able to do that and, and keep going with it and everyone play their role with the bat was, yeah, I, I think that's that was probably the turning point and what made us think we can win this competition. Just going through your, your career um, very quickly before we start to have some fun with yourself, um, you you started off as a junior at, at Sutherland, um, Green Shield, uh, playing Green Shield there. Then you made the, um, very interesting, you made the move to Randwick-Petersham. I, I, I'm, I'm assuming here to try and um, push yourself up the grades quickly. Yeah, so um, Sutherland obviously has got such a strong junior base. They... Um, Obviously, you have a the you know Sutherland Shire Junior Cricket Association, so a lot of clubs feed into that, and then that feeds into our grade club. So, um, I think at the time I was I was seventeen or just before I turned seventeen, um, and playing fourth grade, and I had I think I had four wicket keepers in front of me, um, and there was there was like one or two behind me who I knew were quite good as well, and. I had a few mates that were already over at Ramwick that had, that had made the move a couple of years earlier. So, look, I was offered a second-grade spot, um, batting at, I think, five or six at the time. Um, so I ummed and art about it for quite a long time because my parents are both quite loyal people and, you know, they basically said to me, you know, you want to you wanna look after those who have looked after you and that kind of thing. But, um, you know, I thought a bit more about it and discussed it, obviously, with my parents and the decision was made that I would go over to Ramwick um, indefinitely. So I went over there and played second grade, played a bit of first grade too, which was great experience. And um, for me, it was a bit a bit of like a, a sink or swim kind of situation. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a huge step up from fourth grade. Um, but those around me and even a few at Sutherland had, you know, said that they thought I was good enough um, or at least good enough to hold my own and then kind of start to swim essentially. Um, and yeah, I, I managed to do that. I played three, three seasons at Ramwick. Um, Majority second grade, um, a little bit of first grade, but that was great experience. And then um, I had a change of um, employment as well, um, and it all just coincided for me then to come back to Sutherland. I got an offer to play second grade back at Sutherland, which was obviously closer to home and easier for me to manage with work. Um, and it just so happened that our wicketkeeper in first grade at the time broke his thumb 
just prior to round one. So I ended up playing half a season at first grade straight away at my home club. Um, you know, built a built a pretty strong resume while I was there, um, and then played the second half of the of that first season in second grade, and then um, Whippy kept the the next year. So. It all worked out, um, and you know I believe that everything happened for a reason, and it worked out well for me. And I've still got a good relationship with the guys over at Ramwick too. So, um, yeah, that's that's how that all that's all how that all came about. Now let's. Um, I suppose we're going to have a bit of fun here. Now, when we raise this with you in particular, uh, you weren't sure about it. You weren't sure about the reference, but uh, we've got a yeah. segment where we do put you through the ringer, as it were. Okay, Keith, it's time to bring it bring it back. Jared Biviano, get set to drop and give us 20. Well, you're the one doing the interview, so why don't you ask him the question? I'll, I'll, I'll open the bowl. I'm, I'm all about democracy here. Everybody gets an e- even input. Well, well being, being my role in, in cricket as a, as a wannabe uh, as a wannabe fast bowler, <laughs> um, <are> you quiet, <laughs> all right? Is sorry, it, sorry, Jared. But no, Aiden, Aiden Barry will be able to tell him exactly what I'm like. I bowl absolute pus these days. I'm, I'm old and I'm fat, so... And a loud mouth, too. Yeah, absolutely. So... Jared, your original home club? Yep. Um, Illawong Menai Cricket Club. Illawong. Ah, right. So you were you were further up the um, up the peninsula from, from Sutherland. Yeah, up towards George River. That's the one, yep. Yep. Um, your hometown hero? Well, I would say Steve Smith, ironically, because he actually played for Illawong. Um, mm. And he was about six years older than me. So he actually went to my school as well. I went to Menai High School. And he was in year 12 when I was in year 7. So I think when he was in year 12, he would have been about 17 and just cracked into the New South Wales squad. And then from there it progressed. So I was able to kind of sit in the shadows and watch that all happen. And I was pretty pretty cool. So, so the, the best part about this is that you do get to rail on a couple of your teammates with some of these questions. So we do expect some of these to get quite spicy later on. Okay. So uh, your first competition century? Um, in grade cricket? Yes. Uh, it would have been 2016-17, so I think it was my second my second year back from being at Ramwick. Um, trying to think who that was against. Uh, I think that was against Hawkesbury at home at Glamour Oval, and my parents had never seen me score 100 before, um, and they were there that day, so that was pretty special. Your most memorable on-field moment? Um, two seasons ago, I um, we were playing some George, and... Shane Watson was playing, um, and I opened the batting with Chris Williams, I'm pretty sure. Um, Shane Watson batted three, and we were one for none, and then we ended up being one for 300, I think, when we lost our lost our second wicket, which I think I got out for 142. Um, so, yeah, putting on 300 with Shane Watson was like... That, that would have... That would have been awesome just being at the other end and watching some of his shots because he can hit them hard. Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, like, yeah, it, it was incredible. Well, I mean, they, they had a few decent players as well. Um, obviously, their captain was Trent Copeland at the time. So, But um, the wicket was flat. I mean, it was a good day for us. And, you know, yeah, to stand at the other end and watch that, I mean, yeah, you, you can't you can't buy that kind of experience. Flat, I take it flatter than the Bangor Bypass. Very, very much so. <laughs> uh, your most embarrassing on-field moment? Um, I reckon I've dropped a fair few easy catches in my time, so I reckon they would have to they would have to all add up to to being pretty embarrassing. Um, but probably the most embarrassing thing I've seen wasn't actually me. It was our fast bowler Tom Pinson. He um he he went to take a catch, kind of at I think it was long on, 
and um, in a 2020 match, and he was running back, and he just kind of kept tracking the ball and had no idea where the fence was, and he ended up just going straight over the fence, like head first, and dropped the cat. Like the, the ball went for six, and we actually we actually had a camera set up, so we got great footage of it. So um, it just just so worked that in the in the background of the of of the play, you could you could see it all unfold, which is great, and we we cut it down and we shared it, and it yeah got a fair bit of um, traction on Facebook and those kind of Facebook pages. So yeah, that's probably the best most embarrassing thing I've seen happen on the cricket field. We've got to get that onto the bench Facebook page. I think I've seen it on Club Raw, actually, so I yeah. know the one you're talking about. Yeah. So yeah. it's up there with the guy you might have played against, Alastair Fitzpatrick, who used to play for North Sydney, then ended up at Warringah, and there's a very famous clip of him getting waiting bold. So, <laughs> um, yeah, how are you doing, Fitzy, honestly? Um, who did you grow up supporting in other sports? Um, oh. I wasn't really. I didn't watch a whole lot of other sport growing up. Like I, um, I don't know. Like I didn't. I, I played soccer and that when I was young, but I didn't really watch a whole lot of it. Even cricket, I didn't watch a whole lot. No, your claim to fame off field. Um, that's a tough one. Um, I reckon I once went to the motocross. The, like the dirt bike riding, and I actually sat next to Chad Reed. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's a we have yes, yeah. yeah. And um, I had no idea who it was. And anyway, like, I was probably about 10 years of age. And he, he got talking to me, and he goes, oh, who do you think is going to win? And I said, oh, I think I picked my favourite-looking one, the one that was blue, I think. Um, and he goes, oh, how about we have a bet then? Who we think is going to win? And I said, oh, well, I, I don't have really any money. I said, I got, oh, I think I had 20 cents on me at the time. Um, probably changed from what my parents gave me to buy me dinner with. And um, he goes, well, how about if yours wins, I'll give you $20. And if mine wins, you give me 20 cents. And I said, okay, deal. I had no idea what it was at the time. Um, and then, um, yeah, so mine, I think his, we were, they were riding around and his fell over. So he just got out $20 and gave it straight to me and got up and left. Um, and then the person in the, in the seat next to him goes, do you know who that was? I said, no idea. And he goes, that was Chad Reed. I was like, oh, it's unbelievable. So that was probably the closest thing. Um, but apart from that, I don't really know any anyone you want, else outside of support. You want 20 bucks off Chad Reed? I'll take that any day. Um, yeah, choose three stars to have dinner with and why? Oh, okay. They're going to have to be cricketers. Um, That's fine. Adam Gilchrist. Adam Gilchrist, because he was my favourite growing up, obviously being a left-hander, opening batsman, wicketkeeper, um, which is what I used to do. Um, Andrew Flintoff, I reckon, too. He'd, be, he'd, he'd have some pretty good chat at the dinner table. Uh, oh, he, he, he'd banter quite quite nicely. He'd be great, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, especially in the company of Adam Gilchrist, I reckon they'd be a good pair. Um, and let's go with... I'll go Andrew Simons as well, because I reckon he'd have some pretty cool stories, both on and off the field. The um, Which sport do you think the world could do without and why? Well, I reckon there's a lot of sports that, are, that should be considered hobbies um, instead of sports, but... I reckon well, this could be a controversial one, but I reckon I would I would merge rugby league and rugby union. I reckon they're way too similar, and rugby union doesn't really make any sense to me. They just keep kicking the ball, and it's never held, and they just keep throwing it around. It doesn't make any sense. So you could probably merge those two sports. I reckon. And that's where we'll have to leave this interview. But um, <laughs> no, all right. All, uh, he can have his opinion. He can have his opinion. All right, keep talking. Because he's, he's, got, he's 
now just abused the other two hosts of the show here. Jared, you're doing Jared, you're doing brilliantly at the moment. Yeah, yeah. for the rugby union. How to, how to alienate people in 10 seconds by Jared Viviano. We'll put this on splinters <laughs> later on. Jared, you do it absolutely brilliantly from these two colleagues that are across from me. So um, keep going with it. How do you kill... Um, what do you think is the biggest issue facing cricket today? Um, facing cricket or sport in general? Cricket. Cricket? Um, well, I would say, I'd say it's probably something that's covered across all sport as well. But I reckon it's probably the... The ego of the players and probably how they abuse the amount of money they earn, I reckon. Yeah, pretty good one there, actually. Um, I think it's one probably, Keith, we might have to pick up for splinters in the well, future. Well, spe- speaking of how to alienate people in 10 seconds, there, there's one if he ever goes on to higher honours. Yeah, that, absolutely. That could be a bit controversial. That, that could be spicy indeed. How do you kill time during the off-season? Um, well, I'm quite into my health and fitness, so I try and, even during the cricket season, I try and do as much as I can, but... You can imagine when, when it's the off-season, I've got a lot more time. I mean, all day Saturday, all day Sunday, Tuesdays and Thursday nights. So, um, yeah, I, I just try and get stuck in my health and fitness and then just enjoy my Saturdays and Sundays as well. I mean, um, I do enjoy playing cricket, but it's, it's good to have, it's good to get to Friday night and know that you, you don't really have anything to do for the next two days. You can take it easy or, you know, see mates, go out for a drink or something, you know. Yep. Biggest, your, your pre- and post-match ritual... Um, I actually don't think I have any. I used to be, I used to be quite, um, what's the word, superstitious when I was young. I'd have, like, a particular colour grip on my bat or eat something specific for breakfast before I played cricket, but I think I'd, that all just went out the window because I'd, I'd, I'd have an ordinary run of not scoring any runs while I was doing all these things and just think, well, what's the point? So, um, yeah, nothing really. You, the biggest influence on your sporting career? Um, I reckon this covers my sporting career and life, but probably my dad, he's, he's, um, he's got quite a good work ethic and he's a family man and I just think he, he works quite hard and I think that's always been my mantra growing up, like whether it's cricket training or whether it's work or whether it's spending time with friends, it's always just been, you know, put in and, you know, work hard and, and yeah, you'll get what you deserve kind of thing. The, uh, the biggest pest... Um, in sport, in, in any any point, could even be with the club at the moment. Yeah, okay. I reckon. Well, cricket specifically. I reckon cricket like is the worst sport when it's going poor, like when it's going bad, and can affect you in many different ways. Um, but obviously, when it's it's good, it's great. Um, apart from that, probably just I'm the biggest. Like I'm the harshest critic, so I, I suppose I, I have a tendency to you know put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, which probably doesn't do me any favours, but, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd say that. Uh, your funniest moment involving a teammate? Obviously, you mentioned Tom, Tom Pins, Tommy Pinson beforehand. Yeah, that's right so. up there. I reckon this might not be the funniest, but it was probably one of the coolest experiences I've had within the cricket circle. Um, after we won the 2020 finals at, um, at the SCG, we, we decided we were obviously going to go out and celebrate. Um, so... Steve Smith was like, oh, you know, I only live 10 minutes from here. Do you want to come back? I've got to, I'm going to have a shower and um, and then we can just get an Uber from my place. So I was like, yeah, no worries. Let's do that. It was me, I think, Chris Williams, um, my other opener, and um, our number four, Tom Doyle. Anyway, we, we went back to his house and um, I was just wearing my club polo because I think, sounds bad, but in the back of my mind, I don't think I'd, I'd back that we were going to win the whole thing on the day. So I didn't pack any going out clothes. I just had my club polo. 
Um, and he goes, well, you're not going to wear that out. Like, you want to borrow a shirt? I said, oh, yeah, if you don't mind. So he goes, we'll go upstairs, like, just second door on the right. It's my wardrobe. So I went up there, and, like, this thing would have been twice the size of my bedroom. Um, clothes everywhere. Like, it was, it was like a bomb had hit it. There were just clothes all over the floor. Like, shoes all, like, in these little shoe holes on the walls. Clothes, clothes, clothes. And then there was this one wall. Did you not? This probably, like, four-metre-wide wall just covered in cricket bats, New Balance cricket bats. Mm. There would have been 45 cricket bats there. Jeez. Just uh, I, Like, I was in awe. Wow. Took me about took me about 10 minutes. I was probably in there for about 10, 15 minutes, and it only took me about 30 seconds to pick a shirt. So, um, yeah, no, that was, that was incredible. Like, I've never seen anything like it. So, which teammate has the uh, the best and worst chat or banter? Um, probably our fast, one of our fast bowlers, Jaden Brown. Um, he's quite funny. Like a lot of things he says, is quite funny. But then he comes out with some thinking chat as well. So I'd say that. Otherwise, Tom Pinson as well, our fast bowler. He, he's very he's, he's quite funny, and he comes up with all these different puns, but. Yeah, um, some of them are horrific. Just what is it with the keepers just picking on the fast bowlers all the time? Quite honestly, <laughs> it's just it's getting on my nerves at the moment. Who's the best and worst on the circuit? Um, again, I reckon Jaden Brown. He's pretty good. He always seems to have a crack. Um, he'll always end up pretty worse for wear by the end of the night. Um, or I've got to say Austin War. He never comes out. So if we're talking about like how often they come out. Judging it on that, probably him because I'm yet to see him out. Come on, he's just like his dad. Dad well, doesn't go out. So. <laughs> no, Mark. From what I understand, from what I understand, Mark was the uh, the guy used to go. Out, was the brother used to go out all the time? Yeah, Stephen was yeah. very quiet, very reserved. Yeah. Um, who's your biggest? Who's your biggest rival? And I, I know one of them. He's actually a very good mate of yours, and his mum's actually listening into the show at the moment. But I'll let you go with it first. Oh. Um. Well, I reckon, uh, as in a player or a team, because I reckon if it was a team, it would definitely be St. George, who's our local rival. Of course. Yeah, that goes without saying. Um, can be a person as well. <laughs> oh. And then I'll reveal who I think might be. Well, I'll tell you what. I reckon I haven't had a right... Uh, Michael Visser from Manly, actually, because he, um, mm. he's got me out, I reckon, in the last five times I've played Manly, he's got me out six times. And he got me out twice in a day once on the first ball of the inning. Ouch. He's a he's, he's he's a he's a niggle niggly little bowler, isn't he, the Vis? Yeah, and look, I've got a great relationship with him. Like he's a, he's a champion bloke, which is which is good because I mean, if I hated him, that would be so much worse. <laughs> um, if I'm going to give my wicket away to someone, I'd rather it be a good bloke. Yeah. But um, yeah, definitely him. It's a running joke in my team that like as long as Vis is not playing, I'm fine. But whenever he's playing, yeah. yeah. Tommy Tommy K. Tom K, yeah, that goes back a while. God, I played, I used to play rep cricket before I even played grade cricket. I think at the age of about 13, 14, we um we used to play against each other. So, yeah, another good kid. Um, now obviously you've you've answered my next question. Which team did you always hate and why? And it's well, you've already mentioned St George. Yep. So that that pretty much goes without saying for anyone from the Shire. Last one. Uh, who would you like to nominate to come on next and to drop and give us twenty? Um, my captain, Chris Williams. Ooh. Do we do we get back onto the Sutherland? So we need to get Chris Williams on. If you can. Well, we, well, we did say did say anyone. Yeah, we did say anyone. Yeah, it could be any sport. Yeah, any... absolutely. 
All right, Chris Williams, uh, if you're listening in, you're, you're in next. Trouble. You're next. So, um, Jared Viviano, obviously, just a quick mention of your match coming up this weekend. You're going to be up against Gordon out of Chatswood Oval. Should be a cracking game, this one. Fingers crossed. I mean, obviously, having a fair bit of success through the week in the 2020 stuff, we're on a bit of a high. So, um, yeah, no, I think it'll be good. Um, obviously, if we win that and a couple of other results go our way, we're a chance for the semi-finals. So, um, yeah, it, it, it should be a should be a cracker. All right, well, thank you very much, Jared Biviano, for joining us. No worries. Thank you, guys. Cheers. There we go. That's uh, that's Jared Biviano from Sutherland District Cricket Club. What a, a great way to... Um, to really talk about the, in particular, the National T20 Championship, a new initiative this year, and obviously has had a lot of success already. Yeah, ab- absolutely, and and the fact that the gauntlet has now been laid down for Chris Williams means you're going to have to come back fairly soon. We'll, we'll have Caruso, to. to keep we'll, doing, to keep going through, uh, drop and give us twenty. Absolutely, go at least, through. At least the one good thing is we all know that Jared and the boys have been in the coloured clothing over during the week. They might as well just keep it on because they're playing in the one-day game because all great Sydney Shires games this weekend are all one-day matches so they can wrap up the season. So just bring the two-tone blue up here and get it going. Just very quickly, we'll just make a couple of mentions for New South Wales Premier Cricket and the Sydney Shires. Uh, Sydney University have already won the club championship. Of particular note, they only need 75 points from the last round to break Manly Warringah's record for most points in the club championship in the modern era. They're playing Western Suburbs, and I'd say they'd be odds-on to do that. So how do you how do you draw those points from the results? How is it first grade counting more second yes, grade? Yes, it is. Than... So there's a weighting factor for yeah. the five grades going down. So six five yeah. four three two. For the club championships, obviously six a multiplier of six for first grade, five for second grade, and so on and so forth, going down the uh, down the grades. Um, so the matchups this week, just a quick thing. Obviously, I'll go with Shane. So Eastern Suburbs versus Northern Districts at Waverley Oval. Northern Districts should be able to get a get the win this week. The aforementioned, probably one of the matches around this one, Gordon and Sutherland at Chatswood Oval. These are all one-day matches, yeah. by the way. This is going to be a high-scoring game. I'm, I know Jared's probably gone by now, but I'm looking forward to seeing Sutherland get a win. Hawkesbury against Fairfield Liverpool at Owen Earl Oval. This is a dead rubber. This can get ugly. Hawkesbury by a lot. Manly Warringah against Blacktown at Manly Oval. Again, a dead rubber. Same thing by having Jay Lenton back with his finger fully repaired. Manly by a lot. UTS North Sydney versus Bankstown, a potential dress rehearsal. And UTS North Sydney not without a sh- not out of the running for the minor premiership either. I don't want to be anywhere near the outskirts of North Sydney Oval because I'm likely to get bopped on the head with a white ball. Randwick Pedersen versus Penrith at Coogee Oval, an important game here for Penrith. Yeah, Penrith to win. St George versus Mossman at Hurstville Oval. This is a dead rub, virtually a dead rubber. On the postage stamp, St George. Sydney versus Campbelltown Camden at Dromoyne Oval. Ironically speaking about Sydney with the one-day limited overs grand final happened last weekend as well. I reckon they're going to carry on the form and they're going to have a massive win. Of course, they did win the first-grade limited overs grand final off the back of a brilliant century from Anthony Mosca and four wickets from Ben Mitchell. Sydney University against Western Suburbs at University Oval number one. Uni. And UNSW versus Parramatta at the Village Green. I'm going to go the up city. I'm going to go Parramatta. We then go over to Shires very quickly. Of course, the uh, would have... All but won the club championship. They got a ninety-four point lead. They only need to win third grade to win the uh, the minor premier to win the club championship. For the matches this week, Burwood against Auburn at Rothwell Park. This is 
Burwitz coming sitting fifth in the um, in first grade. Auburn amazingly coming second after their outright win over Macquarie University. If Burwood played to the level that I know them of, they should clean clean sweep the whole weekend. Epping versus Balmain South Sydney at North Epping Oval. This is almost a dead rubber. Epping needs quite a few things to go their way. Epping to clean sweep. George's River against Mounties at Bexley Oval. George's River to win ones and threes. Mounties to win two and four. You're, you're calling Mounties are, uh, have bottled it, have they? Lane Cove against for, Northwest. For the record, he nodded his head. So yeah. that, yes, sorry, that's a yes for yeah. the record, Lane Cove, Lane Cove versus Northwest Sydney at Tantalon Oval. I'm going to say split. Lane Cove, one and three. Northwest Sydney, two and four. Mac Uni against Warringah at Northern Oval. Warringah absolutely flying in first grade at the moment. Being in the finals for all four grades and the and the Metro Metro Cup as well. Warringah to clean sweep. Pennant Hills against Linfield at Pennant Hills Oval. This match is a dead rubber. Speaking of splinters, all four grades are going to sit on the fence. So I can't split either side. Both clubs are very much struggling here. This yeah. one will be an intriguing one. Strathfield and against Roseville. Strathfield win one, two, and three, but lose four. That is the um, that's New South Wales and Sydney Shires cricket for the week. Well, for the week that that's what was happening locally, but uh, in Adelaide this week, I believe it was uh, the the national T Twenty Championship, as I understand it, took place. Yeah, absolutely. Very quick, very quickly with that one. We did mention about um, Sutherland's performance against, um, firstly, Tuggeranong, where they won by eight wickets. We mentioned Jared Biviano tunning up in that one, 103 not out off only 51 deliveries. He went absolutely ballistic. In the second match, um, Sutherland won by six wickets with uh, five overs to spare. And Peter Zeus himself, Peter Sorukas, scoring 61 off 43. Keith, if you ever get to see him, he's... I've got to be honest, he's, he's a similar shape to yourself, but he hits a ball a bloody long way. Round is a shape, thank you. Yes. Small problem is Peter actually has the wild man Ned Kelly he's got style the, beard. He's got it. the Greek beard. He does it well, too. He's got the Greek the Greek god beard the to Adonis go with beard. it as well. So this is, this is the modern-day incarnation of Jeff Robinson from the Canterbury Bulldogs of the 80s. Yeah. No. No, no, this is genuine Bacchus. This is a genuine Bacchus playing. Bacchus. He's the Greek god of wine. That's Bacchus. Bacchus. B-A-C-C-H-U-S. He plays for Western Sydney. (laughs) It is Bacchus, and I can tell you it is Bacchus because I have gone through and done so many ads for one of Western Suburbs sponsors, (laughs) (laughs) Bacchus.net.au. Innocent plug, so it is Bacchus, not Bacchus or whatever you called it. Sydney University, for their two matches, they beat East Torrens Ruse quite comfortably in the first match by eight wickets. Devil and Malone and Hayden Kerr getting getting wickets and then backing up with runs for Hayden and then Liam, Rob, Liam Robertson. But they went down to the University of, the university battle, went down to the University of Queensland. They scored 7 for 145 um, and got chased down easily by, by University of Queensland after Dominic Michael took two for 29 and back Backed up with 64, not out off 33. A couple of other teams to to watch to see in this matchup, these competitions. Obviously, the Carlton Blues was one of them. Uh, they beat the University of Queensland early on, absolutely annihilated them with Cameron Stevenson and Eddie O'Sullivan bowling brilliantly. And then they backed up by beating Peter Siddle's club, the Dandenong Panthers. Um, Dandenong scoring 9 for 138 off their 20, and Carlton chasing it down with two overs to spare. Elvin, Evan Gulbis who's played for the Melbourne Stars, scoring 61 off 49. The other team 
that was of prominence was the Melville Lightning from Western Australia. Mm. They played Melville from WA or Tasmania? From WA. Well, here it says Tuesday 3 p.m. No, that's Melville a typo. Lightning. If See, you go to the top Another line. fine. Another yeah. fine. I told you this before, Shane, while he hasn't been here. All these all these run sheets, we are eating lobster. Fair income. <laughs> we can eat lobster and caviar at, at wherever we want. Magpie, we Magpies Waitara. We can buy a house in Vaucluse at this rate, the amount yeah, the of fines that Caruso's I, I thought you were going to buy Malcolm Turnbull's um you could probably Mansion. buy Malcolm Turnbull's house too at this rate. Yeah, exactly. Melville Lightning scored five for 191 and knocked over City Cyclones from the Northern Territory for 132. One of the big surprises in this, Melville Lightning had uh, Hawkesbury bowler Usman Kadir playing for them. He picked up mm. three for six in that first match. And then um, in he the second three match... three for 17 in the second. Yeah, absolutely. Three for 17 in the second against the Tuggeranong Valley Vikings from the ACT. Um, in the semifinals, the two semifinals of note... Uh, Melville Lightning going down to the University of Queensland. Melville Lightning scoring five for 127 and University of Queensland chasing it down with two overs to spare. In the other match, Sutherland Sharks against the Carlton Blues and Evan Gulbis, as we mentioned, scoring 107 not out off 56 for Carlton to get through 219 off their 20 overs. Mm. Sutherland were game, but just lost wickets at the end to end up eight for 179. Set up the final and Carlton, well... They defended stoically and managed to hold on. They got eight for 154. Donovan Pell, 43 off 27, with Jack Carty bowling three for 11 off three. University of Queensland fell one run short. Dominic Michael, 75 off 54. But crucially, Aaron Smiley, four for 28 off four. That almost sounds like the Australian game on against India during the week where they lost, where they lost, I think it was like, Six for twelve or six for thirteen in the final. I actually watched the live stream on on the website through Cricket Australia, and yeah, I don't know how Uni of Queensland lost that, but unfortunately to them, they lost. Congratulations, Carlton, Keith. How would you be losing by one run on the last? What did did they act? Did they have? A requirement, you know, a four or a six? Was it having to be a big shot or at they least? Needed, or they, they needed two off the last ball. Oh! No, it two was, off it was the... three, three to win, two to t- It was three to win, two to oh, tie. Sorry, three, yeah. oh, three, three to win, two, two to tie, and they, they only, only make got the one. one. Oh. Yeah, they turned for the second and got run out. Oh, how would you be? That That's just sad. I know. What a game it was. Oh, you got to feel for him, mm. especially losing to Carlton. I mean, Carlton Carlton is almost the manly of the N- NRL, except uh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. no, manly's been more successful lately, which tells you how bad Carlton is. Carlton's the Parramatta of the NRL. No, that's an AFL. In, in cricket, yes. they're actually quite strong. Of course, uh, Carlton was the home of one Dean Jones. Yeah, yeah but so. the, just the whole place of Carlton. I'll admit they've got good restaurants. Yeah. They've got some very good restaurants there. Very, but, very big Italian community down but, there as well. Well, that, that's why you're plugging them. And yeah, I'll absolutely. admit that the Italians down there do good restaurants. But really, just the whole aura of Carlton as generated by the AFL team, you just got to bag it, don't you? You just got to bag the place just for that. It's Melbourne. End of story. Bag Melbourne generally. 